Hi, and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and would you prefer another target? A military target? Then name the system. I got tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Where is the Rebel base? <laughs> and I'm Jamie, and how can I be a failure when I never got my chance? Man, mine sounded seemed so great until you said yours. So, do you know what the line? Do you know what his next line is after that? You may fire when ready. Yeah. And like, you're too trusting. Dantooine is too far to make a proper demonstration, but we'll get you rebel friends in time or something like that. Right? Yeah, something close to that. Yeah, it's uh, he basically turns to Vader and he says, "See, she can be reasonable. You may fire when ready." Which is a line from this episode. You may fire when ready. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. <laughs> Um, today we'll be reviewing Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 15. In some places it's called Finale, Part 1. Uh, and in other places it's called Return to Camino. And it originally aired on August 6th, 2021. We would normally do this on the same day, but we had a conflict, and so we're doing this a few days later. Today is actually Monday, August 9th. But it won't affect our posting date. It's just a little piece of trivia that we had a couple extra days on this one. How was your weekend, Jamie? <laughs> Oh, it was uh, tiring. Camping. I, I love camping, but I can never sleep. I never sleep properly. I always get up, wake up, you know, move around. I'm either too hot, too cold, never comfortable. I'm only ever comfortable when I'm camping with uh, friends. That's because usually a lot of alcohol is involved. Yeah, and you can't do that with the kids. No. <laughs> not not smart, at least. Um, did you get yeah. Did you get a chance to do any Star Wars, though? Um, no, I did not. Um, I've just been so busy with work and then still healing up a little bit. Um, other than watching, you know, the Bad Batch, I did not, I've, oh, I mean, I started the, um, the new book. I'm not really sure how far along I am. Um, I'm starting to see where direction is going. So the new High Republic book, like yeah. out of the that, shadows. Out of, out of, yeah, that's the name. Well, we'll talk about that when you get further into it. I think tomorrow is. My older son, the boy, it's his 10th birthday, and so we got some Star Wars games for the Xbox for his birthday, and we already have Squadrons and Battlefront 2 and um, Fallen Order, and so we got Republic Commando, which is like a first-person shooter game. It's an old game. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine who lives in the area and really enjoys hanging out with us and is a gamer um, got Eth- got the boy a twenty five dollar gift card to the Xbox store so he can buy Kotor and Kotor two. Oh, nice. So, so we've been we've been playing those games a bit the last few days. Um, it's fine. It's fun to get reacquainted with the old game. Mm-hmm. Anytime I played like Kotor, I like. The first part is like completely like it's super hard because I I won't upgrade the main character because if you uh, up, if you wait to upgrade till after he's a Jedi then you can get a lot more Jedi powers but it just means there's a lot, you're really grinding with just two people um, because there's a you know the, like there's a cap of like a level twenty but if you're like a like a level six scoundrel or whatever you know you can only go up 14 levels in um, Jedi, but if you only do the mandatory level up um, and you just have them pretty much let them die every time there's a battle, you know, by the time they're 
uh, Jedi, you can like all of a sudden just you know they're uh, you can turn them into um, I don't know like pretty high jet um, high powered Jedi. That's a good I don't know if you knew that trick. No, I didn't know that trick, but that's a good tip. We will explore that in the game. Anyway, it's just fun to to play an old game, and I like how the you can get Kotor for nine bucks on Xbox. Um, it's old, but it's fun to play. Oh yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about anything else today, or do you want to just get right into it? Uh, we can get right into it. So at the beginning of these reviews, I like to highlight somebody who had something to do with the production of the show, either an actor or a director or a writer. Um, we've already talked about the writer and the director a lot. It's Matt Nikovets. We've, we've talked about him a bunch. But there was an actor that I wanted to highlight this time, and it's Vin um, Diskin. He's the voice of AZ-1, the little medical robot that sort of helps out. Um, ben, ben is a voice actor and an actor-actor um, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he does the voice of Gonzo on the new Muppet Babies. He does a ton of voiceover work in video games, um, such as Kingdom Hearts. He's been in half a dozen different Spider-Man cartoons. He plays um, Boris Badenoff and Rocky and Bullwinkle. But if you go to his live-action um, acting credits, he was one of the little kids in Kindergarten Cop. The uh, inappropriate one. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Um, so, so, but he has hundreds of acting credits. I'm sure people joke about his kindergarten cop role a lot, but he he does a ton of stuff. Um, so I recommend people look him up um, if you if you care about. Um, Muppet Babies or Spider-Man or um, Rocky and Bullwinkle, you've probably heard his voice a bunch of times. Yeah, this is a very, very familiar one. Um, I just couldn't, you know, figure where where I had heard him before. Yeah, um, he's also he also has a bunch of Star Wars credits that isn't aren't just those medical droids. He's played um, like a Tie pilot on Rebels, and he's had a couple other reoccurring parts on Clone Wars. But I just wasn't focused on his Star Wars work. He he's been in a bunch of stuff though that we would have seen. Oh yeah, I'm just just looking through the IMDb and he's spent he's spent quite a lot a lot of time uh, just looking at all his uh, stuff. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So yeah, it took I, I only pulled out a few highlights, but he literally has hundreds of credits. Um, and that's pretty much it for the cast today. We're sort of running out of people to highlight just people with speaking parts. Maybe we should probably do, like, um, Baker next, since he has 400 parts in the show. Um, but whatever. <laughs> um, so we'll just get right into the plot summary. We have a lot to talk about today, I think. Um, so the show opens up with a shuttle in hyperspace. Cut to the interior, and Hunter asks, where are we going? Crosshair answers that he will see he will see where they're going soon enough. And Crosshair activates Hunter's calm to alert the Bad Batch as to where they are. Hunter says that won't work, and Bad Batch just sort of tosses back, yes it will. A lot of chess happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. So back on Ord Mantell, um, Echo and Omega are fixing the ship. Omega is very anxious. She keeps saying she wants to go back to Daro to rescue Hunter. Echo is saying if they don't fix the ship, they're not going anywhere. 
inside the ship, everybody else is working. Wrecker comes in and says that Gregor is staying with Sid, and Sid's not happy about that. Tech says Hunter's comm is now active, but he's not on Darrow. So they all have this, where is he then? Cut back to the shuttle, and it's landing on Camino at Topoca City. Hunter is let out of the shuttle in shackles, and Rampart asks where the rest of the squad is. Crosshair says that they'll come to rescue Hunter, and they will be ready. Rampart taunts Hunter for a minute. Crosshair leads Hunter off. And when Crosshair is gone, one of the elite squad troopers tells Rampart that he doesn't trust Crosshair. And Rampart says if the plan works, they don't have to worry about any of them. So this is our first little hint of the greater plot here. I mean, I thought I thought it was a, a female, but I couldn't. I can't really tell what the um, what because there there was originally a female. Um, I want to call him proto death trooper. So the so in the original elite squad there were two women and two men. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know which one it was that that said they didn't trust Crosshair because their their voices are modulated and their armor isn't very descript as far as body type. Um, but it could have been. The thing about this scene is kind of like showing that um, it was what uh, like that the um, one of the first episodes where one of the elite troopers, you know, was talking uh, talking shit to Crosshair, you know, saying that, like, oh, you're not going to be in charge for long, basically. And then he tries to mutiny, and he, he just shoots him. Crosshair shoots him and then tells everybody else they better they better shoot him, too. Yeah, that was the... I'd forgotten about that, but that was the mission on Onderon, right? Mm-hmm. Where the guy, yeah. guy tries to mutiny, and then Crosshair just shoots him. That's a great, that's a great callback. It really... This little very quick exchange reveals that they've already made up their mind about what's going to happen to the clones. Yeah. They don't want them around. So on the Havoc Marauder, they're sort of talking about how they're going to get into the city since they know he's on Kamino. Um, And Omega tells them that there's a secret platform the Empire won't know about uh, and there won't be any troopers there. So in orbit around the planet, there are three cruisers. The Bad Batch immediately note that this is strange because it doesn't seem like a lot. They go to the coordinates that Omega provides them, and there's nothing but ocean. And she keeps saying, go lower, go lower, go lower. And they're right above the water, and then this platform raises up, emerging from the water, and they set down on it. They disembark their shuttle, and Omega tells them that there's a tube system that can take them to the city, because they're very far outside of the city. So she pulls up this little pod that um, comes up, and they climb aboard, and then they're sort of in one of those bank tubes that you send yeah. um, your checks in to the teller from the drive-thru. And I love this little exchange because Tech says the tube transport system isn't on the schematics. And one of them replies, well, the Kaminoans like their secrets. Yeah. You know, and Omega says the tunnel goes directly to Nalase's lab. Yeah, I'm thinking that that's going pl- to come into play. The secrets um, line? Yeah. It's it's a great little subtle exchange, and I hope it does. Mm-hmm. So Omega is clearly upset about being on Camino, um, but she sort of swallows it and says that they need to rescue Hunter. So back in the hallways, Hunter and Crosshair are walking. Uh, Crosshair's leading Hunter somewhere, and Hunter asks why the city is entirely empty. He says there's no clones and there's no Kaminoans, and then he basically says to Crosshair that. The city's being decommissioned. Crosser says, why? 
would I care about that? And Hunter and Crosshair sort of have an existential argument about the fate of the clones. Crosshair says that they're going to keep the ones that matter. Yeah. Um, in a sort of a moment of, I don't know, denial or, mm-hmm. or self-assuredness, maybe. They go into a little control room, and an elite squad member tells Crosshair that they detected a ship, but they lost it on the scanners. And Crosshair says not to worry. It's them, and they'll come for Hunter. Now, uh, let me just rewind you just a little bit. Like, when they're walking, you see Crosshair, from, like, behind while, um, you know, walking Hunter. And something I didn't notice until, like, the third time watching it with the kids is that it's something that I'd completely forgotten is that those little discs, you see them on Crosshair's, like, utility belt or whatever you would call that. Uh, and those discs come into play later. The little reflective discs? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. That's awesome. That, that's good. That's good continuity. Picking it back up, um, Crosshair says that the ship that they detected is Bad Batch, but not to worry. Um, they'll come for Hunter. And then he has this sort of revealing dig where he says they don't leave their own behind most of the time. Yeah, he, he really high roads uh, Hunter this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty constant. It's It gets pretty blatant. Um, Hunter objects to this characterization. He says that Crosshair was trying to kill them, and they didn't have a choice. And Crosshair has the perfect comeback, and he says, did I have a choice? This is this really establishes their relationship in this episode. It doesn't appear like Crosshair is trying to hurt him physically. He wants him to be miserable, though. And he's not he's not going to let... Hunter off the hook. So the Bad Batch show up in Nala's empty lab. Echo says he's going to go tap into the computer while Tech tries to pinpoint Hunter's location. Omega is not exactly sure what she's feeling in this scene, but she's upset about something, and then she reveals that she was made in this lab and that the Bad Batch, that um, experimental clone Project 99, was also made in this lab. Yeah, that Good. That, that that she's actually we talked about this before that she's actually older than them. Yeah, I'm having she, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the timeline, but she does reveal that she was older than them here. Mm-hmm. We know that they have like different aging dynamics, but it would be hard. We've talked about this before. How old do you think Omega is? Like in human years? Um, maybe like ten to twelve. Yeah, I think we've said. I think I think we've been pretty consistent with our guesses that she's probably around twelve, definitely not older than twelve. Mm-hmm. And she she was almost implying that she remembered when they were made. If that's the case, then how old are the Bad Batch? Could they be like seven? At, at most. Yeah, it just. I I I wish I knew the. I wish I understood the timeline better. Is all I'm saying. But mm-hmm. in, in this moment. It's obvious that she's older than them, and there's something about this lab that's upsetting her that we don't quite get clarity on. So then Omega, Omega's still explaining this thing about how they were all together at one point, and the Bad Batch got sent off with the other clones. And then Echo says that all the files in the computer have been wiped out, and how strange that is. And then there's a loud noise, and everybody turns, and AZ, the medical droid, is there. He's the floating floating droid that the actor that we just highlighted a few minutes ago. 
Um, so AZ catches them up on all the activities. He says that there are nude soldiers there, um, and all the clones are gone except Crosshair is still there, and that all the Kaminoans have been rounded up and sent off planet, and anybody who questioned these orders was executed. And then Tech says that Hunter's comm has been activated, and he says that he's basically in the central cloning facility, and the team runs off with AZ in tow to find him. Yeah, so I, it's uh, kind of ominous, you know, that this is kind of like a, a haunted house sort of thing going on, bleakly quiet. So, and uh, back with Crosshair, Hunter is trying to reason with him, you know, saying, you know, hey, the Empire's evil, you know, the Empire's just using him, and that the uh, chip is controlling him. And before Crosshair can say anything, that uh, the an alarm goes off on the uh, Platform 5, and the troopers head off to intercept. Meanwhile, the Bad Batch is in the facility tracking the comm, and they're having to hide from the TK troopers. The Bad Batch end up in the room with the training remotes below the training grounds. Now, uh, Tech says that Hunter is in the training ground. They tell Omega to stay behind with AZ in case things uh, go sideways. You know, once again, Tech is not very smart, because instead of like going through the main entrance, they decide just to go up to through the elevator. Tech can't seem to win. Or he's not as smart as he thinks he is because every decision, every decision that he he makes is just like, well, Crosshair already knows what you're gonna do. So, it's yeah. not being not being very um, original. He really disappoints me in this episode, specifically in this moment, where he's not doing the whole, well, you know what I'm going to do. I know that you know what I'm going to do, so I'm going to do something you wouldn't think I would do. It's a thought that never seems to occur to him, ever. And it, it's getting frustrating. And if, if this episode hadn't gone the way it went, this is where they get mowed down. You know, yeah. they, they go up there and they're just in the middle of a room, surrounded by troopers, and there's just no escape from that. Um, but, but before we get there, I really, really loved this little training room with all of the drone... I, didn't, I don't know what to call them, but... In the outline, I put them the training remotes, mm-hmm. but they're like the that drone, they're like the drone clone or um, droid troopers, like the battle droids that they have to fight in the simulation. I love that mm-hmm. we get to see this sort of hangar. It's so cool, and it's so like you mean the like like the underneath part. Yeah, yeah, where they store them all. Where where mm-hmm. they? I know this is going to come into play in a few minutes, but. But I just love seeing this room, because when they first went in there, I was like, what is this? Is this like a cloning room? And then I realized, oh no, this is where all of these all of these drones are stored. And I just love seeing this little detail, like these, almost like, I don't know, I used to work in a library. We had the compact shelving that would like collapse, and you'd have to like pick the row to open, and then either turn the crank or hit the button, and the shelves would move on a track. It sort of yeah. reminded me a lot of that, or like a morgue where there's like mm-hmm. these slots in the wall and you sort of slide them out, except instead of bodies, it's robots. Anyway, I just love, I love that detail and seeing the mechanics behind how, how the training room worked. It's sort of like seeing the, the pin return in a bowling alley. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that like bowling that could never care less about how the pins get set back up. But I sort of like that stuff. Yeah. It's um yeah, I've seen those, um, I just just briefly like behind the scenes and it's it's pretty wild. Okay, so let's see. So yeah, so like you said, they they ride the elevator, to the training grounds where they're immediately surrounded. 
and Crosshair tells them to drop their weapons. You know, Hunter nods, and um, the Bad Batch complies. Hunter asks about Omega. Record lies, says she's not with them, but Crosshair immediately knows he's lying, saying that like he's lying was never one of his uh, strong suits, or lying was not one of his um, greatest abilities. So Crosshair tells his troopers to find the kid, and, and Echo sends the signal to Omega to retreat. AZ wants to retreat, but Omega has a plan. Now, back in the training room, everyone's staring uh, staring each other down in a kind of a standoff. Um, you know, Crosshair tells Hunter that he betrayed him for the Republic. You know, the Republic is just like, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. Who cares? You know, Crosshair tells the Bad Batch that he's giving them a chance, something that they never gave him. So it, it seems more like he wants them to join, you know. And maybe this whole thing with him has not really been to – he's not hunting them down to kill them. He's hunting them down because he wants his friends back. He wants his teammates back. Yeah, this this single exchange, the first time I saw it, really like threw me because I was like, like what exactly is his goal then? Because he obviously doesn't want to kill them at this point. And I was like, okay, so this is not the story that we're going to get. That's fine. It's probably better that they don't want to kill him. Um, but then I couldn't figure out what he wanted. But yeah, it seems like he, he keeps saying, like, we can join the Empire and we can we can help them. We can help them, like, achieve what they want to achieve. But I don't know. It's We get more into it in a few minutes, but mm. this is, like, the first moment. And then he high-roads him again, saying yeah. that he never gave me a chance. Yeah. So uh, back in the kind of the room underneath, the you know kind of the area where the gladiators, I guess, would be... Uh, you know, getting ready, you know, in a coliseum, you know, uh, ES2 finds Omega. She, now, he radios Crosshair, sorry, she she radios Crosshair, and Crosshair orders uh, that she be put on a shuttle to take an off-world, and, and nowhere in particular. Hunter says, you know, please don't do this, and you know, Hunter says it's for her own good, and Hunter's own good. And um, cr- uh, Crosshair high-roads Hunter uh, completely on this, because... Hunter is saying like she belongs with us, and Crosshair is just like you're. What she belongs with you, you know, fugitives who are constantly, you know, like in danger, which is just like you know that shuts Hunter up. It's I don't know. Have you ever had an argument with your wife um, where like you've got like an ace in the hole, then you drop the ace in the hole, and then she just says something that's just like all of a sudden you're just like, and you got nothing left. <laughs> well, it's not, it's even better than that, right? Because because Crosshair, I mean, Hunter says, like, she belongs with us, and Crosshair's, like, with a bunch of fugitives running for her life all the time. And then I, w- I really wanted Tech to, like, fulfill his destiny here and try- and pipe up and said, we wouldn't have been able to run those drugs without her help. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, like, it's so much worse for her just, just pin on paper not not the emotional stuff, but just like in the cold hard like reality, like explaining this to like a social worker, none of this would make sense. It's like, oh, she's gambling in a tavern and running drugs on Ord Mantel and, and Crosshair doesn't even have to say any of that. He's just like like you're fugitives. And then there's sort of like this moment where it's like, actually, it's far worse than that. Um, but but yeah, it's completely <laughs> completely destroys hunter in this moment it's very satisfying in, in like a weird way 
Crosshair removes the uh, bindings on Hunter, and then Crosshair orders all the troopers to stand down. And they disobey him, and he kills them with one shot. Now, before this, this goes back to those the mirrored things that you you can glance on Crosshair's back. Tech notices something that's just kind of shiny, and he just kind of like gives Wrecker a little bump, and and he and he's like, "Hey, look over there," you know, just ever so nonchalantly, so that I have to think that Crosshair had an idea that they might try to betray him or not listen, you know, not uh, follow his orders. And so he, he put a, um, he, he had an insurance plan so he could just shoot one thing and then kill all of them. And, you know, so there wasn't even a firefight. He just shot once and killed them all. Yeah. So unlike the Kaminoans, he had a contingency plan <laughs> to, he, he knew where the exits were and planned accordingly. Um, it's a very cool shot. Yeah, so it makes you wonder, like, maybe he does have some some inkling that, like, or maybe he just doesn't trust those troopers, but he sees that, you know, seems to think that, you know, they could have, like, a, a decent life, you know, working for the Empire because they're much better than regular clones. Um, because, you know, the clones, the rest of the clones are pretty much, you know, disposable force at this point, you know. They're going to be fed into the meat grinder or... As you pointed out, you know they could very well becoming becoming uh, purge troopers. I mean, we, we really have a hierarchy of troopers right now. We've got the bad batch, who seem to be elite clone troopers, and then we sort of have like the commandos, which who are elite clone troopers, and then we have clone troopers, and then we have these TK troopers, who are canonically not as good as clone troopers because mm-hmm. they've been trained improperly, right? At least that's what's implied. Yeah, they're just you know they're just kind of run through some basics and then like okay you're a soldier now versus the clones who are just you know uh, who are who are trained from you know the second that they can walk and hold a blaster or even like the first order troopers where they're you know like constantly like brainwashed you know into uh, being completely loyal to the first order and you know brut- brutally trained compared to how the stormtroopers were but anyways I digress so let's see so in the training room. Um, AZ smashes the troop, uh, trooper with uh, one of those kind of library uh, bookshelf things that contain the droids, and uh, ES2 is knocked out cold. Back in the training room, Crosshair removes his helmet and asks if that answers his question that they should trust Crosshair. He tries to get the Bad Batch to join him in the Empire, and Hunter tells Crosshair that he doesn't understand who the Bad Batch really is. At this point, Crosshair is begging them not to make the same mistake twice. You know, don't become his enemy. And Hunter says plainly that they were never his enemies. Just then, uh, all the uh, training drones uh, pop up out of the floor that uh, Omega released, and they attack the Bad Batch. And a firefight ensues with the uh, Bad Batch attacking the drones. Crosshair grabs his rifle and ends up uh, helping fight the drones. Or, sorry, yeah, drones. Yeah, Um, so so I'd just like to point out um, that this was sort of Omega's big distraction to help the Bad Batch sort of escape and by the time she deploys it it's pretty much unnecessary i mean it gives them this galvanizing moment as the bad batch and you get that great musical cue when he picks up his rifle and starts fighting them and then it plays the bad batch theme that we haven't heard in forever um because they haven't used it at all while the bad batch has been broken up Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great sequence, and I'm not saying take it out. I'm saying from Omega's point of view, did it still need to happen after all of the um, Death Squad was killed? 
I think so because it, you know, it would have been a uh, a yes or no situation. You know, like Hunter would have been forced to make a choice, or they all would have had to been forced to make a choice, versus that choice being taken. That choice was taken away from them by the uh, the attack of the uh, the the droids. That's a good point. Yeah, I think I think it works. It definitely works from a plot point of view. I just think it was. I think the original intent um, was sort of removed, but it does make sense that it's still there. Yeah, I mean, it was unnecessary to like save them, but it it saved them from having to, you know, make the decision whether to join Crosshair with the Empire or not. Uh, sorry. So you know, as this uh, fighting goes on, uh, ES two, who's kind of awake now from after getting the bell rung, she sees she sees the chaos in the training room, and then she's just like, "Nope." She closes the door and runs out and radios Rampart, saying that. Crosshair lost control of the situation, and Rampart's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, just saying, pull out the remaining forces uh, so that the uh, Bad Batch can die together, and, you know. And then um, so she runs off, gets into a shuttle. Now, which I don't know if it was an animation mistake or what, but it looked like the shuttle that she got on had clone troopers on it. So. Oh really? Yeah. I missed that. They, you know, I'd, I'd have to watch it again, but because I, the, the I scrub. Yeah, because the because um, the TKs don't have the, like the T vis you know the visor, they've got the you know kind of like a modified version of what the you know the stormtroopers end up having. Um, so I don't know if that was a mistake or it's just that there was like some that was just the last bit of clones that were still there. But uh, I doubt that it's going to be anything that will ever be addressed. <laughs> the shuttle flies up, you know, it approaches the uh, the Venator. Rampart tells Tarkin that they had the cloning technology and the chief scientist secured. And Tarkin says, you may fire when ready, you know, hence your quote. And uh, the cruisers move towards the planet. And it's it's really kind of just wild. And it's very ominous because it's, it's dark outside. It's very dark in the, the bridge. And it's just like half of you know Rampart's face is just kind of in shadows. Um, real quick, uh, you are correct. That is a clone trooper on the shuttle. That's wild. Good catch. Sorry. I mean, I was scrubbing. I really wanted to find that that little piece, and it is definitely a clone trooper. Nice. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Don't know what's gone there, but I don't know. So the uh, Bad Batch, they end up finishing off all the droids, and Hunter points his gun at Crosshair, and the rest of the, the Batch follow suit. Hunter is pleading now with Crosshair. He tells them that they can help him with his chip. And in like a, this is like a, for me, this goes up right up there with uh, Vader, you know, explaining to Luke that he's his father. Crosshair says that he's had his chip removed a long time ago and that this is who he is. You know, like Hunter is then asking, will win? And he's just like, does it matter? And there's a little bit of a standoff and Hunter stuns Crosshair when uh, Crosshair tries to, uh, pull his rifle up to shoot Hunter. I did not expect Crosshair to say that he had his chip removed. It's it's one of the biggest possible reveals for this series, I think, for a character to for that character at that time to say that. It is terrifying in a way um, for the plot of the show and I don't know what to think. I really don't. I suppose it's possible he's lying. I suppose it's possible that possible they, you know, they said they removed it, but they just that was the that you know that was the um, what they were doing to him. They're just enhancing the chip versus you know they, they told him that it was removed. 
Yeah, exactly. He could be mistaken. He could be lying. Um, right before he did that, he put his hand on his head like he was having a headache, like 10 seconds before he says his chip has been removed. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be what Hunter was doing. Not Hunter, but Wrecker, before his yeah. chip was removed. And Tech looks like he doesn't believe him when he says it. And Hunter looks at his head, like yeah. checks his head, but his head is scarred from where the where the engine wash, the wash from the engine hit him in an earlier episode. Yeah, and so he's got a scar back there already, and so they can't tell if he's had the surgery or not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very complicated moment, complicated from like a overall plot point of view, complicated for the Bad Batch because they're like, well, fuck, now what? Right. What if yeah. what if this is true and he's been like he actually wants to be like a super trooper for the empire. Yeah, it would it would make sense like uh, like out of all of them he'd be the one to be the most cold-blooded because he's the you know, he's the assassin of the group. Well, we've talked about this before on a previous episode where I said if you can get hunt if you can get Crosshair's chip removed, then you can go back to hunt or Crosshair just being a regular asshole. Yeah. Rather than like a um, superpowered psychopath, right? Mm-hmm. Because he he's always been the one. Like he drew a beat on Anakin, right? And it seemed like he was going to shoot Anakin in the in the Clone Wars Bad Batch episodes. And he's always been the, the most aggressive, like the most willing to kill. And so it made sense for them to to sort of pull him out of the group and say like, oh, you know, you're the super assassin because. People say that snipers have to be really hard people, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like I don't know what to think about this right now, and it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around what it means if his chip is removed, and if if it's not true, then you, you still have a path out. But at least at this point in the story, the writers are telling you it might not be the chip that made him this way, and right. that is that is very terrifying for a character. Where you've set up like, like it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. Oh, never mind. He chose this path. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, was it chosen for him? You know, because sure, like he might have been trapped, right? Yeah, he might have made difficult decisions, and he might be working his way out. But why in the world would that be your? Why in the world would you do that with the one group of people that can possibly help you, right? Unless, unless this is like hyper honesty sort of thing. I really, I, I need to know what the resolution of this is. They, they better not leave this unresolved. They better tell us one way or the other if he has mm-hmm. his chip. So, you know, Hunter apologizes to Omega, and, you know, that she had to come back. You know, he broke his promise. You know, uh, he grabs Crosshair's gear, then uh, tells Rucker to grab Crosshair. And, at this point, the cruisers are surrounding the city, and they realize they have to go. And then they're just running through an empty, abandoned uh, Topeka city, and it's very eerie because, like in every other, you know, episode, you know, like the Clone Wars and even the Bad Batch, you know, there's so much always going on in this, and it's just empty. You know, the it's gorgeous though. Like they go to the cloning room, all the cloning pods are empty. They go to the cafeteria, the mess hall, and it's completely empty. Like every, they do this like little flash around different settings, and they're all just dead. It's so creepy. Yeah. So one of the uh, the text tells Rampart that they're in position. Who's a clone, by the way? You know, uh, and Rampart gives the order, and the cruisers start uh, firing, destroying the city with uh, blaster fire. 
uh, some of the supports for the city are severed and it sinks. And then it's the end. And it's it kind of like, you know, once again, it shows Rampart in kind of that half light and he's looks very malevolent. Now, in this, uh, yeah, so that it kind of leaves you with a cliffhanger. And it's just like, holy, holy hell, I don't, I don't know what to think. I haven't felt like this, like, I don't know, the sense of like, kind of like almost like hopelessness or like a gut kick in Star Wars in a while. I mean, the destruction of Kamino. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is a destruction of Kamino. It it is about the biggest punctuation you can put on the Clone Wars period. Because mm-hmm. now you're saying like, that's it, no more clones, and we're not even going to save the facility. We've taken all of the equipment. We've taken all the technology. Um, we're going to take the scientist, and we're going to level the city so no one can ever follow in our footsteps, right? It's very much, uh, if we can't have clones, no one can. And we're not going to have clones, and no one's go- going to, right? Mm-hmm. This is definitive, right? There's no unblowing up the city. Um, so it's very upsetting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the thing that I find more like upsetting about it is that is that they knew, you know, and we talked about this in the previous episode, is that the Kaminoans were so completely oblivious to what they were empowering. And the fact that they were, you know, after the end of the war and Palpatine declares it, uh, you know, an empire, thinking like every, how there was so much already set up for this. Or at least people who were just like, yeah, let's do this. We're going to, oh, we're doing fascism? Sounds good to me. You know, where, where do I sign up, you know? Just the, you know, it's the kind of like the final, uh, I guess, shovel full of dirt on the Republic's grave. That's a great way to put it. It's the final, it's sort of the final shovel of dirt on top, on top of the Republic's grave. It's there's no coming back from this, and it's like people people have been talking about the destruction of Camino now and saying, like, like this is where the Empire like really begins. Like, there's no nothing left of the Republic in it. You can point out that that guy who said, like, oh, we're in position is a clone, which is a beautiful little detail. <laughs> it's it's so wonderful, right? Because it's showing that they're still sort of in between, but they're really not, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're pushing very hard to the edge. And I did go back and look, and that guy in the pit was a clone. That's another wonderful poll. Uh, so there was a comparison that someone had done online showing Thrawn um, attacking Lothal um, from like an orbital bombardment, blowing up, blowing up this town basically, mm-hmm. and playing it side by side with Rampart blowing up Camino, and it is um, nearly shot for shot identical. And I looked it up, and both episodes were. Um, Directed by um, Nathaniel Villanueva. And so I think he's quoting himself. <laughs> it's a very, very good shot. Yeah. Of, of both. It's, yeah, it's very much like like, like uh, predators slowly stalking into their prey. I'm sorry, it was, it was Matt. It was, sorry, it was the writer. That was the same one. Sorry, it's Matt um, McNavitz. But but my point stands, and I'm sorry, you were saying predator. Yeah, the just that, um, just showing you know the darkness and just the 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 venators coming in, you know, almost like almost like predators slowly stalking their prey, and oh, it's just man, it, it's nuts, and just just with that, and then just it's like 
it's like saying goodbye, you know, the, the final goodbye, because you see the area, you know, that you're so used to seeing, you know, filled with, you know, clones doing clone stuff that this is all gone. This is no more. It's never coming back. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like, like Anakin's fall. You know, there are certain things that, um, that weren't great about episode three, but there are certain things that just, you know, like, you know, like Anakin is like not, he's not coming back, you know, like where he's just on, um, on the Mustafar and he's just standing there crying, you know, he's got the kind of like the, the dark side kind of eyes, but he's just crying. Right. You know, it's, you know, and like then when Padme dies and, you know, when they're, when they're on, you know, they all are on the run. It's just like, it's, it's over. This, this thing is done. It's, you know, there's not, there's, there's no, uh, you know, you know, there's no infinity gauntlet in star Wars that, you know, like, well, they can get things back. Like, you know, this is, it's, this is the end of a, an era and it's on to the next. So the biggest, the biggest question for me right now is there's a part two to this finale. So we're getting one more episode in this season. And we know we had a lot of speculation in a previous episode that there's not going to be a second season. And then before we released it, they announced there was a second season. So there's like 15 minutes of us saying like, well, we don't think they're going to get a second season. Um, And then before we, in the two days before we released the episode, they announced that there's a second season. So that's on us. Yeah. Um, We were wrong. Fine. It's, it's good speculation though, you know? Sure. Do, Do you just want them, you know, just being, doing stupid Stupid stuff, getting um, Mantel mix all the time and Wrecker acting like an idiot. You know, no, something, no. something that moves, you know, Star Wars forward. There's still thousands or millions of clones out there, unless they are literally just putting them in a meat grinder. Yeah, so here's my question, though. We know, so they turn around and run back into the city because the platform's blowing up. And then we sort of see the city crash. Presumably they're going to escape. Um, <laughs> unless there's like a second Bad Batch someplace, or the second season is the adventures of Gregor and Sid. <laughs> I guess is possible. So what's the second season about then? Um, the team's back together. Omega's threat is removed. Um, I so think where, it's only... Where do we go? I think the Omega story is going to be kind of like the overall arc because you know they closed one chapter of it, but you know it's there's still it seems like there's still something going on with this her. Is, you know, this is your thing about how they're good at keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. And that um, you know, because I I'm of the opinion that she is Ray's mom. There's gonna be something. There's gonna be something more with her. You know, whether we see anything through you know Kaminoans or not, it's um, you know there's something there's something more going on with her. Because it just seems a little too convenient that they just all said like, "Okay, that's done." Looks like that was like the first half of the season. You know, there's got to be more to it than just that. Because it just seems like a waste of time. Yeah, I'm. I I don't think I'm with you that that she's probably related to the a main character in a movie. But I think there's a lot more story you can tell there with tracking down clones or revealing something that they didn't previously know about Omega or even them say like rescuing Nala say or something. I do think that much too angry fan um, horror. I think that these popular shows like the Mandalorian and now bad batch 
are trying to connect the dots between old Star Wars and the sequel trilogy by gathering up clones and cloning technology and putting it all of this in the hands of the Empire now for whatever purposes they want, like maybe cloning uh, Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Right? They're trying to clone that baby Yoda. And now we're even 20 years before, 25 years before that show, and they're kidnapping cloners and stealing clone technology from the Kaminoans and destroying the facilities. Right? So they're doing some sort of like operation and security on cloning in this universe. And they're, that seems to be a central plot. Um, of a lot of these shows. So, do you have any thoughts about the con- yeah. overall continuity? I think, yeah, well, they definitely have the ability because, you know, Kylo Ren, one of the first, one of his first lines says that, you know, like, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, maybe we should have a clone army. Yeah. You know, so, and he wouldn't say that if they didn't have the ability to do that. Yeah, that wasn't an empty threat because Hux gets nervous when he says something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Huck starts arguing that it's not the right way to go, rather than dismissing it as a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like to see them do more with like the clones. Them, you know, because there's tons of clones out there. You know, like if they're not just being rounded up and killed, maybe the ro- maybe the rogue ones are. You know, there, there's a, you know there's a lot of clones out there that are just like they're pretty much out of a job. You know, the soldiers, the the ones that were, you know, cops. Uh, on Coruscant, the ones that are, uh, you know, like, you know, like uh, in the Navy, you know, all these guys are just going to have nowhere to go, nothing to do, you know, so it'd be, it, I'd like to know, like, what happens to them, or are, are they all just kind of like out fishing, you know, like, like Rex, Gregor, and Wolf, or are they just, um, are they slowly all just dying, you know, dying off, or, you know, what really happens to them, other than just like, yeah, of course they don't use them anymore, but what after that, what happens? A few of them stay with the Empire, but it's probably more like um, like every now and then there will be an alien uh, Imperial officer or or some sort of Imperial. But that's kind of more the um, the exception than the rule. So you've got Thrawn, then there's like a guy from like the I think it was the Vader comics. Um, he was like I don't know what race he was, but he had like a cybernetic arm. And then there's just been like one or two other ones I think I've seen in comics. That uh, you know, but um, I mean, I'm rambling. I don't know. I just I want okay. I want more clone, you know, based like what happened to them. No, I think I think we're on the same page there. I think I think there's a lot of stories to tell about what happens to Rex and what happens to Gregor and what happens to Wolf and what happens to Hauser, and those are really satisfying stories. And it's a gap. Yeah. What you about have- the ones that? Sorry. What about the ones that we know? You know, executed Order sixty six. Yeah, like, like Cody. Damn, um, damn. Yeah, what happens to Cody? Holy shit! I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, because he's mentioned. Uh, he's mentioned in Rebels uh, by Rex. And then, so, you know. and then the the thing I sent you earlier today about the um, the Vader comic, mm-hmm. where the that I can't remember his name, but the Jedi who. They hunt down, tries to start a new order, and he's 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 that horned alien, and he rips off the helmets of the Death Troopers that are with Vader hunting the, down. Sorry, the, the Purge Troopers. The Purge Troopers. Yeah, sorry, the Pur- no, the Purge Troopers, and they're all clones. And he says, um, "Yeah, as I thought, 
young from the very last production line, which means they were brought online after the purge as an expendable death squad for the Inquisitorius. And then he activates Order 66 with them to shoot all the Jedi in the room. It's that could be the last squad that Nalase is talking to in the previous episode. In War oh Mantle. yeah, yeah, totally. I had the, the one bad thing about like you know binging some of the comics is that you just you read them and then you just it's like it's like the t like the TV shows like you just go through them all at once and then you you don't really absorb anything versus you know having to wait a little bit you know coming back you know reading it again I I had read that comic months ago but I just I completely spaced that off until you had until you sent that to me today you know we had talked about it you know yesterday or not yesterday sorry the the previous episode that yeah that they could just retrain them as like fanatical you know soldiers they don't have to be loyal to the republic anymore because you know there's no republic they can just take these new people and just mold them into whatever nightmares that they want so what if that's part of season two what if making a purge trooper core and hooking up with the inquisitorius is part of season two that would, would you, be cool. You'd be on board with that? Yeah, for at least, you know, part of it. You know, or just, you know, a small arc. Because the, you have to have you have to have the force in at least one thing. You know, so there's you know, we got the force in the very first episode, but other than that there hasn't been it's been strictly no force. So, you know, just even just getting a little bit of force, you know, like seeing like an like the uh, an inquisitor again. Or something like that, you know. They run, they run a follow of an inquisitor somehow, yeah, or they, yeah. you know, or they're trying to like run a, uh, or they're running like a, a, you know, a clone underground railroad, and they come across this, um, you know, they come across this program. I would be on board with that. Either of those ideas, I think, would be great. Um, we haven't even talked about. I mean, I'm sure it's obvious to everybody, but uh, did you like this episode? Oh man, yes, I love this episode. I can't say enough great things about it. Yeah, I think I'm really excited for the finale. This is the kind of episode that it does end on a cliff, a little bit of a cliffhanger because you don't know what happens to the Bad Batch except that you assume that plot armor saves them. <laughs> um, but but it is one of these things where it's it's hard to express how perfect this ending is um, leading into a finale. Leading mm-hmm. into the season finale i think it's just incredible it's so good the, the the series so far has been good to excellent and this might be the best episode yet it's dark but it's good mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, lo- I love just the you know as much as it you know it is kind of a gut punch you know the it's the um you know it's the end you know it's that ending of an era and you're like oh man you know this sucks you know but you I mean you know everything turns out okay in the end because obviously you know the empire falls but you know Darth Vader is redeemed but it's just like oh so oh, much but but this micro story it doesn't have to end out well right I mean Rogue yeah. One didn't have a happy ending even though they got the Death Star plans out. Right, mm-hmm. you don't. You, you can have like a mixed boat ending. Like the overall arc is like, oh, well, Ray kills Palpatine. We, we're only concerned about this small group of people, and they could very definitely kill K two S O. He's a fan favorite, but they can definitely kill him first, right, or second. 
I think well, yeah, but this, first. But this is also a cartoon. I don't think they're going to, you know, like the ending of the Clone Wars is probably going to be as, as bleak as they'll go. Um, oh, yeah, know, like, I, I agree with that. But I'm just saying that, that, that there's still room for a lot of good plot sacrifice in this group. Maybe not death, mm-hmm. but they've... They've played a lot with very heavy themes already, um, especially with the reveal that maybe Crosshair doesn't have his chip. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm, I think this is sort of a thing where they can get away with almost anything. So shall we rate? Sure. All right. So how we rate an episode is we rate uh, the episode based upon a Star Wars character. So a really great episode would be somebody from the original trilogy, Han, Luke, Leia, Darth Vader, Chewie, etc. And a really crappy one would be, um, I don't know, that that archaeological couple from the Dr. Afro comics where one of uh, the females, the, tra- uh, the, the wife is a Trandoshan and, and the other guy is a got like see these weird spider appendages oh what the hell's their name <laughs> <laughs> the problem is my comic books are in the other room otherwise i would just look it up it's a good call though um so matt what do you uh what do you give this episode uh it's really tough i want to give it a really great character because i really loved it so i think i'm going to give it a fin a fin i don't think i don't think you can have Having seen it, I don't think this series makes sense without this episode. Like this, ep- this episode is the whole plot to me. You learn a ton. It's super emotional, right? If all of the episodes were just to establish that this group of people care about each other to get them to this episode, then I don't care what any of the other, any of the other episodes are as long as we get this one. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we could have had we could have watched any mission going to going for Sid with any outcome. They could have saved twenty rubies, just do that mission over and over and over again, and fought cave after cave with bats. If if the purpose of those episodes was to make the emotional payoff in this episode believable, like you can put any other fifteen episodes with it. If this is the end, I love it. So Finn. Mm-hmm. Finn. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, uh, Satine Kreese uh, because of the just the, the emotional impact of it. Her death was just kind of like a oof. I mean, not, it's not a fan favorite, but it's just the, you know, she meant a lot to Obi-Wan. And that was, you know, they, they played that up pretty well. And so when she dies, it's just, it's really heart-wrenching. And so, you know, some of this was very heart-wrenching as well. You it's know, a good choice. Is, I mean, all good things come to an end, and this is the end of that era. But uh, no, I I really love Satine, and and her death is hopefully has bigger implications than we think. But um, I'm trying not to have expectations for Kenobi. But I I really love her her character, and her death is very um, heart wrenching, like you said. And mm-hmm. and this episode is 100% the end of the Clone Wars. There's yeah. no, there's no Clone Wars left, and now it's just a bunch of misfit toys that don't know their place in the world. Yeah, and can we say that, uh, you know, and they're back together, whether Crosshair wants to be or not. He's not, he's not going to be welcomed back with the Empire. That is something. 
yeah, like deprogramming him. Um, I hope, I honestly hope they can bring him back at this point. I don't, I don't know if I asked you, have asked you that before, um, recently. A while ago, we agreed that his road back was very long and hard and probably wouldn't happen. I'm, I'm evolving my thinking on that. Do you think he'll come back? He was probably never, you know, super nice to begin with, but you know, he'll be he'll I think he'll be back but just be different, you know. That might be part of you know, the whole story is is that, you know, he's come to grips with, you know, like maybe he was, you know, different than them all along, but you know, he wants to be with them. He just, you know, he likes being a soldier. But at the same time he has like seems like he has like good in his heart because he you know send omega away because omega's not safe with them and you know he's saying like all the good they could do you know working for the empire you know maybe he's you know he still believes the empire is going to be altruistic you know and not going to be the you know the horrible uh you know fascist organization that we know and love he's going to have a hard time selling that to himself i think but but obi i i'm very very much invested in his redemption at this point. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. I want to know how he comes back, and I want to know how they deal with it. But we'll see. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we will be releasing the next one, which is the series, or not the series, the season finale of uh, season one, uh, which is, I don't know the name. But uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for downloading. You know, uh, Be sure to uh, tell a friend. You know, Word of mouth is probably the best way. Because we are not paying anything in advertising. Tell a friend if you really didn't like this podcast. Why have you gotten this far? Tell a fr- somebody you don't like about the podcast because you can really screw with them too. So we will be back with the f- season finale of The Bad Batch. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewa, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, Please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Dun, 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 dun,